Ladies and gentlemen, season three of the Fierce Marriage Podcast, brought to you by Ryan and Selena Frederick in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We've made it to season three! Yeah, what do you think of that one? That was a good one. Okay, we had to do that a few a few different takes there. That was you know, a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. Yeah, season three. It's so this is the two year anniversary. You know, I honestly don't know when seasons are supposed to start and stop. <laughs> we're so just we're doing just doing it doing annually. It annually. <laughs> I think some people do it at like twenty episodes or something. We're doing that like a hundred and something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've so not. They're really big deal. <laughs> this is the one hundred and twenty first episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We haven't missed a week in two years. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, I can't believe that. I can't. We've we've managed to get it through a, uh, but you have a we have a baby due. You have a baby due. <laughs> I'm not I'm not part of this. <laughs> I'm, not part of this. <laughs> I'm kidding. I heard you took care of my side of the, <laughs> yeah, I'm the done. equation. <laughs> I phoned it in. I'm done. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we have a baby due in about three weeks, but uh and I I still think we're not gonna miss a week because we've pre recorded a few things. So <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in um, for all this time. And if you're new to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, welcome. Uh, this this week, so although we're celebrating kind of, you know, this is our the beginning of our third season, our third year. Beginning of the end for you folks. Yeah, that <laughs> song is kidding. called The Final Countdown, so <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, so we're going to be it's talking not, about a marriage. Ending. Yeah, we're not ending, not at all. So we're going to be talking about marriage advocates versus marriage adversaries mm-hmm. and what's the difference and how can we really be um, mindful of how we're surrounding ourselves with friends and the advice that we're listening to. I think it's a timely, it's always timely because you always need people in your ear and it just depends on what kind of people are you actually giving your ears to right. and giving a platform in your life. So right. thanks for joining us for this conversation and thank you for joining us for season three. We will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. was on the other side already. I thought we were already on the other side. No, no, this wow. is the other side. Okay, now we're on the, now other, we're side. On the other side. Now we're on the other side. So one of the things I love about Selena, so we, we had a little bit of a debate about what song to actually play. <laughs> Selena wanted to play this song, which, ladies and gentlemen, Selena is just the most amazing person in this song. <laughs> yes! Kind of gets you going. Oh, you it's know? so good. It's really great. That's officially my new favorite band. I, it's and they're not new. We've been bonding over it. We've been bonding over them. Our if kids you're are curious. like, "Can you turn it down?" <laughs> We're in the car driving. I just want to let you. We rock so hard to that. Selena rocks pretty hard to that song. It's the band is blessed by a broken heart. <laughs> they're awesome. So check them out if you like hair metal and the, those sorts of things. I, they're, they're, I think they're on a Christian label. I don't know that they're a Christian band. So that's my disclaimer. That is my disclaimer. Good thing you have disclaimers. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so we have bonded over that uh, <laughs> song and the band a little bit. and There's many good songs on that album. It's called <laughs> Pedal to the Metal. <laughs> it's just so incredible. Just following my husband's lead over here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, today we're going to talk about having advocates hmm. versus adversaries in your marriage and what that looks like, kind of comparing and contrasting uh, the functions of those people and what their motivations are and how... 
important they are hmm. for the health of our marriage. Um, I, God didn't design us to do anything alone, really. Like he is a triune God. And so there's, yeah. I feel like that is a huge indicator. It's relational. Very yeah. relational. There, there are just attributes of God that we are called to emulate. Um, <clears throat> not being triune in nature, but having people in our lives mm -hmm. that are so closely uh, aware of the things we're kind of walking through together. So anyways, we're going to try it. We're going to talk about how to identify those people. I know that's been a lot of questions that we've gotten. Mm. Like, how do we find people in our lives that can be marriage mentors and advocates for our marriage? And what about the people that aren't like, how do we deal with them? And yeah, the toxic relationships right, or, right. or the in-laws <clears throat> that are overbearing or the in-laws that aren't actually looking out for you as a married couple. They're looking right. out for you as an individual. Right. And if we have time, a lot of those questions. we'll try to hit a question from you guys because we've been getting lots of questions. So that's been good. So housekeeping, do you want to go through it? Yeah. Yeah. Since like I you said. I apparently do it slow. <laughs> no, you do it thoroughly. That's the word. It's thorough. Thorough. <laughs> so we, like, like we mentioned, we're, this is, we're headed into the third season. So we've been doing this for a full two years as of the first week of uh, the first Tuesday in October, which is when this will come out. Uh, and we're just, we couldn't be more blessed. It's been an amazing time. We're actually having a, for some reason, there's a ton more listeners this month <laughs> than the last month. I think we're going to, we have like 50 or 60% more. Because of my rundowns. It's because of you. It's because of, it's, it's <laughs> Can not, we just give credit? Yeah. Just, no. just, let's just take the credit. You know? <laughs> no, God is at work for yeah, sure. We were praying beforehand sure. and we're like, God, we don't know why. We just, you're we know using it's us you, what you're doing. but yeah, we know it's God. Obviously we're putting our hands to the plow, so to speak, He's but God is blessing. He's causing the growth. So anyway, if you want to be part of all that, we would be honored at kind of as we head into this new season, it's kind of a new start. Uh, we would honor to part, we'd be honored to partner with, with you. If you are passionate about seeing God's vision of marriage made loud and clear in culture today mm. and having a resource that you can use to improve your own marriage, but also to point others to, yeah. you can be complicit in this. And the way you do that is we have we are, we're, we have a um, profile on Patreon.com, and it's Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. Um, and basically, it gives us a way to partner with our listeners directly. Uh, if, th if that's something that could interest you, two things. First thing is pray about it. Pray mm -hmm. with your spouse about it. Think about it. We're not looking for anything hasty. We don't want a knee-jerk response or a knee-jerk decision here. We're looking for partners, strategic covenantal partners mm -hmm. in the in this mission that we're on. The second thing is if you do pray about it and God is leading you uh, to partner in this mission, that is to uh, point couples to Christ and commission marriages for the gospel, then we just ask to We'd ask for you to take action on that mm. um, that conviction from the Holy Spirit. Uh, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We've had patrons jump on at $2 a month, and they're just as much of a blessing as the patrons that are on there for you know $100 a month, because it really is just about an army of people who mm. are on board together. That's the long pitch for becoming a fierce marriage patron. <laughs> uh, the second piece of our housekeeping is if, if maybe that's not in the cards for you and you can't... You, partner in that way. Another way you can support is just by uh, commenting and rating on iTunes or whatever mm -hmm. podcast platform you use. Also share as the Lord leads, yeah. um, whatever parts of this uh, resonate with you. So just leave a rating, leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you use. Uh, the third one is if you have any questions, and we already answered questions this this week, I think. Yes. We have we asked Instagram, um, and we got some good questions back, um, and also questions through email. But anyway, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. Right. There's a button there. You can click to ask a question online, or you can call or text this number. Ready? 971-333-1120. And okay. definitely tag us on IG because we are trying to add more stories to our stories and just 
share that way about what how you know the responses to maybe different topics or different episodes mm. that you liked um yeah it's not for us to be puffed up again it's for you know the message of the gospel to get out to more marriages mm-hmm. um, and to hear from people like you that are like i was looking for this i found this and this is what i love about it and mm. yada 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 what i yeah exactly i <clears throat> that love that just helps me connect i think when i'm looking yeah. for podcasts to listen to i love seeing the the instagram stories come through and um, I love it when the whoever shares the story, they'll do like a screenshot of the podcast yeah. and the iTunes app or whatever, or the podcast app. And then they will write a few comments about what they're learning or what mm-hmm. they've gotten out of it. And that really helps us. And I think that's helpful for others. So yeah, please do that. That'd be fun. Do it. Do it. Tag us so I see it. <laughs> Tag it so we see it. Yeah. Okay. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about having marriage advocates uh, versus marriage adversaries. Um, I think there's... I think we have people in our lives that can tend to fall into both camps, right? But how do we really, I guess, mine those relationships and pursue them? And if we don't have them, how do we identify people in our lives uh, that could be potential advocates and mentors and people that can we can be fully transparent with and say, hey, we're struggling in this area. And they're not just going to be like, well, you know, that's kind of weird and you shouldn't be struggling mm. there. So maybe you guys should just, you know take some time away from each other, you know, or something like that. But they, they're people that actually know you. They know where you've come from and they kind yeah. of know your story and they're, they're advocating for your covenant and they understand and they value the things of God and they're from a biblical, they have a biblical foundation. Um, <clears throat> these are just a few of the qualifications. We'll jump into well, it more, I, I don't want to gloss over that because that's a huge, huge differentiator here. And it's, to me, it's the really the only one is that they're advocating for your covenant, not because they're just blindly saying, oh, it's it's kind of the letter of the law. You signed on the dotted line, so to speak, and you have to stick with it. That That's not, the I think, the heart motivation. There is that sense to it. I don't want right. to, like a covenant is more than just a, a convenient thing. It should have some weight to it. Right. But the person who's advocating for your covenant is doing so because what they trust God's word as authoritative and God's way as the way to flourishing, regardless of what our immediate circumstances look like. Right. And they're saying, hey, God's covenant is there for your flourishing. So even though this may be a tough time, I'm going to advocate for you as a married person, as right. a married couple, not because I, I'm, I want you to go through hard times, but because I want you to have the best, most sustainable, most God-centered joy. Right. And one thing I want to just like take note of, um, it's kind of been a conversation in our small group um, that a friend has shared with me is is that one of her friends really... Uh, she was struggling a lot with some with a few certain things, and she just felt like it was just cyclical. She could not get out of it, and um, ultimately, she, you know, she was seeking peace outside of God. But she said the thing that her friend really encouraged her in was was the character of God. Like there were things that there's often things that we believe about God based on our own perceptions versus who He really is and who His character is. And I think that having that those advocates and people in our lives that are saying. This is not the God we serve. He is not like this. This is the God we serve. Hmm. He's a shepherd. He leads them gently. He he loves us. He is gracious to allow us to revisit hard hard things wow, in our marriage. Really and that we are going to face it with different perspectives and different strengths. And, you know, he doesn't just throw it all on us and say, deal with it, right? It's like, okay, right. if we've had a breach of trust, we need to work on this. It's going to look different in different stages and different times in our, in our marriage hmm. probably. But this is the grace of our God. This is who he is. And so I think that was something that has helped me in community just learn that it's not always, you know, giving the answers or it's not always saying, Hey, this is the person you need to talk to, but it's like, Mm. 
am I showing, am I talking to people about who God is? Do I know God enough? Like, mm. not enough, but it, am I in the word understanding his character and able, so that I'm able to better love my friends and show who he is? That is phenomenal. You're so smart. And what uh, you're saying. God doing work in my friends. Yeah. And I'm well, just a bystander getting blown over by the grace and faith of it all. So. Well, I'm thankful for you bringing it up here and yeah. thankful for God and, and echoing his character, really. Because, okay, so God gave us scripture and it was a historical, it's a historical document telling about his people. He didn't just drop this. He didn't just drop a book and say, this is my, this is my will. This is, this is my, this is how you know me. This is my revelation. He didn't do that. He gave us a time bound Mm. unfolding of his revelation and a growing, um, a growing base of truth in his revelation from Genesis to to revelation. Mm. He didn't just drop it on our, and so what, what you're, what I'm, why I'm saying that is that echoes what you're saying echoes God's character in that time for him is important, like to have things be time bound and take time. And so often we think that, um, so often we, time is always the enemy, meaning that if it yeah. takes more time, it's bad. Right. Our culture is so thick in that. It's faster is always better. And God is saying, God has never said faster is better. <laughs> He's never said that. Right. He's never said <clears throat> solutions that are true should take, should take less time right. it's, and should be easier. He's never said, he said the opposite. Like right. it takes time for, for, for roots to, to happen, for roots to take root and for the change that we want to happen and it's never instant and so what you're saying is i think echoing that character of god all throughout his his revelation and yeah, yeah i mean he designed the world right every all of creation just echoes his has his fingerprints all over it and so like trees don't grow in two weeks you know bamboo does well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only one <laughs> Uh, but but you, <laughs> it still takes time though, right? But I mean like the cedar, right? A big, a mighty cedar or a redwood. You yeah. go to the redwood forest in right. Northern California and it's like these Hundreds trees that are... Hundreds of years old. Yeah. And, and if, even if you, you know, you look in the Bible, the, the, when God worked in Abraham, like it was his whole lifetime. It wasn't like this yeah. season of when he, in his twenties, you know, or like in his first 200 years or something because yeah. he lived to be long, very old, didn't he? Yeah. Well, so just to bring it back, you're saying that like being able to wrestle through these things with friends is a gift of God. To yeah. Be able we don't to have to be afraid to of that. And we, yeah, we don't it's have to be a good of thing. It. Yeah. So. so can I start with this? I want to start with quickly. You may. <laughs> thank you. I want to quickly compare what is a marriage advocate what is a marriage adversary? Yeah. Okay. What? Let's compare and contrast those, and then after that, we're going to go through and look at um, some scripture. There's a lot of passages that talk about wise counsel, right. good friends, what, it, and listening to wise counsel from good friends. We're going to talk through all that stuff, but first, I just want to have a very clear picture uh, for the listeners. If you're if you're hearing this, you might be thinking through toxic people. You know, toxic friendships or, or siblings or in-laws, whether they're sibling in-laws or parent in-laws, mm. um, or maybe coworkers or people you um, are, even the people that might be in your in your friend group, um, like in a yeah, small group. Forced, yeah. yeah, so I just think through who those people are and maybe if there's a source, somebody who consistently is advocating for your marriage or consistently adversarial towards your marriage, okay? So here's uh, just a few compare and contrasting. So advocates are for your marriage. Okay, that's clear. Adversaries are for you. They're not necessarily for you as a married person or you as a couple, but they're for you because they're, they, and the, I think the, 
the Trojan horse here is that I'm your friend and I care about you and I can care less about this guy who's causing pain or this woman who's causing pain in your life. Right. Who happens to be your spouse. Right. So adversaries are for you. Advocates are for your marriage. Um, Advocates reinforce God's idea for covenant, right? And so they value God's idea of covenant and marriage. An adversary is more concerned with their ideas of marriage and cultural, cultural norms and cultural ideas of marriage and love. Right. Well, and I think that boils down to what we were talking about, about knowing God Mm -hmm. and being able to communicate back to that friend or that person. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not the God we serve or this is not his design and purpose in this situation. We, you know, we believe that our God is loving. And what does Mm -hmm. love mean according to his word? You know, it is patient, kind, long suffering, you know. So I think there's there's a knowledge aspect of this that that is required. Yeah. Well, an advocate in a. And as we'll see, there's there is an aspect of a friend is is your friend somebody who's foolish or wise? Where does foolishness and wisdom come from? Yeah. Wisdom comes from fearing the Lord and studying His His Word, at, you know, and, and seeking after it as for treasure, right? right? So if your friend doesn't know these things or your in law doesn't know these things, they're acting as a fool because they are a fool. Probably they're not valuing the covenantal nature of God and His His will for marriage. They're valuing their own. And a will. caveat here is that they may not be malicious in it, right? They may right. just not understand and they may not know. And that's the thing I think that is, we're trying to pull out is that. Like I, you know, I've had friends that have been like, well, he, why can't you buy those things or blah, blah, blah. You know, why can't you just spend that money? It's you made it. And it's, it's, they're not trying to necessarily be divisive. They're just trying to like anything better. Right. Yes. And that's where as a believer, you know, we have to filter through. And you could even use that that as an opportunity to be a light in that space for them where you can say, wait, 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 what you're telling me is actually a counter to what's in God's word. So let's talk about what's in God's word about all these things. Okay, so I'm going down this list. So advocates see long-term. Yeah. And they see the long-term joy. They're, they have that in view. Adversaries are very short-term oriented. Um, this one goes along with advocates are willing to sit with you and work through what you're dealing mm-hmm. with and even cry with you and empathize with and you. journey with you. And journey Absolutely. alongside you. Absolutely. Adversaries are more, uh, more apt to give quick answers and want quick fixes, quick right. solutions and want you to act quickly based on their quick answers. Okay, so an advocate will have the opposite attitude. They're saying, this is a long-term um, journey that we're on. I'm not just looking to uh, g- give you a piece of candy and to satiate right. your hunger. Right. Let's go for the actual healthy yeah. stuff. Okay, so um, I got three more of these. So advocates will see okay. love as a choice yeah, and a decision and an action-oriented verb. Where adversaries see love as a feeling and the emotion is the thing to be chased, right? right? Which, again, comes back to beliefs, and we talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. um, in terms of your marriage covenant. But I think it it definitely is, you know, Mm. I I don't have as many friendships, excuse me, I don't have as many friendships in my life that are unbelievers or that don't know the word, the Lord. And if I do, then obviously it's a different, then they have a different, they hold different weights, right? Right, And they can't speak into this necessarily. They can just be a friend that you laugh with and talk to and, um, okay. And this next one kind of feeds into that is that an advocate will have a God centered view and definition Mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. An adversary has a self centered love. I don't mean that pejoratively. I don't mean that to be, it's just selfish self. I'm saying it's actually centered on the self, meaning that I am defining what love is. Right. You should define what love is. You need to find your bliss, right. find your happiness. You deserve happy. That's all very self-focused, right. self-centered. An advocate doesn't have that. They say, listen, 
Love is a choice. God has defined it in this way and designed it in this way. Yes, we want the emotions and the feelings that come along with love. But, but that's not what we're pursuing yeah. here. We and are pursuing God. We're not God's... centered on that. We're centered on God right. and his word and Jesus and right. not on ourselves. And we're submitted to those things, I think, yeah. too. Um, and then finally, and this all kind of, it's, this all goes hand in hand, but an advocate is looking for the greater joy and the adversary is looking for quicker happiness. Hmm. Joy is a deep, unshakable, spirit-given gift. And lasting, yeah. It's a lasting yeah. gift. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness kind of goes with the wind. It goes wherever... You know, it, it can be up and down every day. Joy is right, steadfast. Right. And so, like, if you want they come greater from joy. deeper sources, right? <laughs> yep. It's a deeper well. Right. And it never, it never runs dry. Yeah. And happiness is just like, here's a, you know, here's a, a can of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I like Coke. I do too. Get out of here. <laughs> it, but it's not healthy. It's you can't not drink healthy. nothing but Coke no, all day, every day. No, It's not good for you. Oh, Coca-Cola. Zero. <laughs> um, anyway, TM. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so with that kind of that foundation or that understanding, mutual understanding, I think, listener, you can kind of get a sense of what it means to have an advocate in your life Mm -hmm. versus an adversary in your life, somebody who's pulling for your marriage or pulling just for you or pulling for an immediate fix. So how do we go about finding these types of people or how how does the Bible actually define uh, a good friend or and how are we to respond to a good friend? So Right. Yeah, let's read through some passages. Um, understanding the value of good counsel and then how we can, you know, tangibly identify and pursue some of these people in our lives. Um, so we have, a, there's a lot in Proverbs, obviously, and Psalms. Uh, we also have a verse from Thessalonians and Matthew. So we'll just kind of read through a few of these. This is Matthew nineteen twenty. Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Hmm. Uh, Proverbs twenty eight twenty three. Whoever rebukes a man will later on find more favor than someone who flatters with his words. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. okay. So why why is that? Uh, because it's exactly what we're talking about is that there is a rebuke that is loving, mm. right? It's more, it's, I forget that we don't have it down here, but there's a passage that says, um, better are the rebukes of a brother than the kisses of, of, a, of an enemy type right, of thing right? or something to that effect is that there is a rebuke that is loving. Right. And in fact, that is the most loving thing we can do if someone is in sin is we right. can, and a rebuke is not a, it's not a, it's not an indictment of like, it's not a judgment. It's a, it's a statement of you are acting in a way that is contrary right. to God's word, to God's truth. Let me as your friend help you realize that first right. and let me help you turn from that. Right. I think a judgment is more, I'm just making you realize it and I don't care about you. I have no stake in you as an actual friend. Yeah. I don't actually want to see you change. I just want to point it out because that makes me it's feel like, better about it's myself. It's kind of a placement thing, right? As somebody who's going to judge you is going to feel that they're like above you, right? Whereas someone who is looking to help you and rebuke you and lovingly like journey with you is going to be right next to you kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think that's just kind of the, the perspective that I see that people, you know, if somebody's going to judge me, I don't feel like they're in it with me, right? They're just calling me out. They're not actually loving me and saying, how can I help? Or let me help you walk through this. But someone who really cares about me says, Mm. you are going the wrong way. This is not how we're supposed to, you know, love our spouses or I know this is really hard, but let's continue to just, walk through this together. Let me help you. You know, it's really that partnering that comes, I think, with the advocates. Right. And I think this proverb is talking to you, listener or Selena or whoever's hearing this, is talking to us as the the, the friend who needs to yeah. rebuke, right? Right. Um, so I just want to say that whoever rebukes a man will later on find more favor than someone who flatters with his words. 
um, we have a good friend. Um, it's, it's my good friend, Jake and Jess. They're good friends of ours. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Jake right now as he is always saying, I love it when I'm, I feel rebuked because it's, I, my friends are loving me. He sees mm-hmm. it as loving. And I've had those hard conversations with him. And he's had hard conversations with me where we see kind of blind spots in each other. And it's always so sweet at the end of the day. Yeah. I think it comes down to Proverbs 27, 9. It's our next verse. Ointments and perfume encourage the heart in a similar way. A friend's advice is sweet to the soul. Mm. So when you see a friend, you know that they're a friend. Right. They're, the friendship is rooted not in just whatever surface thing, but it's rooted deeply in the gospel, deeply in God's word then their advice is going to be sweet to the right. soul. And it doesn't always have to be advice that I want to hear. Yeah. It can still be sweet. Yeah. And it's not sweet to the tongue. It's sweet to the soul. Mm. <laughs> okay. There's a difference there. Yeah. You can that eat lots depth, of, right? <laughs> you can eat lots of sugar. And just to keep that analogy going, you can eat lots of sugar. And what happens is it makes your stomach hurt. Is there sugar in syrup? <laughs> is there sugar? Then yes. <laughs> you like sugar, don't you? Um, but but you can eat something really healthy that yeah. maybe doesn't taste as good, but it's going to be sweet to your soul. It's going to be sweet to your body, and it's right. going to be nourishing to your body. Okay, yeah. that's what a, that's. We just have to, I think, tease that out a little bit. Um, I think the next. Let's go to the next one. Proverbs twenty four six. For through wise counsel you will wage your war and victory. So victory lies in an abundance of advisors. Mm. That's just that's just teaching us to have a multitude of these types of people right. in our lives. people, And so here's another caveat. It goes beyond just not living alone. <laughs> I think this is a very active, mm-hmm. like... Living as an island. You right, mean. right. Yeah, this so is way more than that. An abundance of advisors is not just have a bunch of people giving you advice, okay? And advi- this, the way this is worded is it's, I'm actually giving you a say. You're not just saying it, but I'm giving you a say. Yeah. Meaning that I'm letting your words influence my actions, I'm not right. just hearing it and doing whatever I feel like doing anyway. Right. I'm actually, you're an actual advisor to me. You're not yeah. just somebody giving advice, but you're an advisor right. to well, my heart. And if you think about back in the Bible times, right? Ad- advisors were valued. They were with mm. kings. They were among, you know, they he would always have his advisors there when other people were meeting with him, right? Because he wanted mm-hmm. them to hear what was happening and he wanted them, he wanted their advice. He wanted to be able to have different perspectives that were not just, mm. I mean, the wise, they say the wise leaders were like that, but. Um, That's interesting because I think at the root of this, you realize that you don't ha- you have a limited perspective <laughs> yes. and you only see one side of it and you have blind spots and you're trusting other wise spirit led people to point those out and you're giving them, you're giving them permission to right. do that in your we life. You need to embrace that for sure. Hmm. Um, um, Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. Sorry, I just look in. We have so many verses today. Two, three more. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Mm. It's a big, I've, we've heard that one many, many times. So that's the longest book in the Bible, and it starts with that verse. Psalm 1? Yeah. So... <laughs> It's longer than 119? Psalms. That, a book of Psalms. Oh, a book yeah. of Psalms, not, yeah, chapter. not chapters. Gotcha. So, I mean, that should, not that that's necessarily what the author had in mind. I don't want to go there, but let's just, I mean, let that, of all the things that this could have started out with, it started with how blessed mm. is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. I'm not walking in a place where I'm letting the wicked give me mm. things, like give me advice in a way that's meaningful. Right. 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 It's the same thing you were saying about having friends that aren't necessarily believers. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's wisdom to to but, know like what to what to listen to, what to put weight in, right? Mm. And and understand the relationship in 
the fact that these people are probably not the ones that you're going to go to for marital advice. I mean, if you're, if you're completely honest, right. And mm-hmm. maybe you want to share something with them to maybe they're going through a hard time. And so you share something with them, but most of the time you're on the offense in terms of when it comes to faith and talking about marriage and, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitions of like love and correction yeah. and wisdom and those kinds of so topics. Can I, can I be offensive? Can um, I be offensive for a moment? It, sure, we can always cut so it out. So what? <laughs> how, so how blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked? I think a lot of times when we hear that word wicked, we think these are just evil, like people in dark alleys doing doing crime. <laughs> just saying to each other, let's go do crime later. Yeah, you want to do crime together? Maybe <laughs> like comic book with like a dark shadow and like two yeah. eyes. <laughs> or we think of somebody who's just completely off the rails yeah. and it's so, and they're like a demon, right? Or they're, they've got just this very overt wickedness. That's not the Bible's definition of wickedness. And this, this is, I think it's David writing this or Solomon, one of the two, I haven't looked it up, but walking in the counsel of the wicked, who are the wicked in contrast to the people of God? They were, they were the, the, like the non God fearing people. Right. They were people that weren't regenerate. They weren't in the family of God. They weren't uh, part of the covenantal people of God. And so nowadays we think about the wicked really, and especially if we're good reformed theologians, <laughs> which we're reformed, we, 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 subscribe there's, we subscribe, it's valuable stuff. And it's, yeah. I think it's true. So the total depravity of man, that whole piece of it, like if you're not regenerate in Christ, like you don't have the spirit of truth operating in you. And this, this is the offensive part. It's like, you don't necessarily have the spirit, the same spirit of truth and the same source of truth, yeah. the Holy spirit that I have. Yeah. And in that sense, and because you're not, you've not been made and rec- you've not been made right with God, reconciled to God in Christ, you are wicked. Mm. That's the offensive part. That's the offensive side of the gospel mm. is that outside of Christ, you are as wicked as wicked is, as wicked can be. You are the person in the dark shadows doing crime, uh, like we joked about, right? We are that without Christ. Without Christ, aside from Christ, yeah. And so, at, again, this is the offensive part, but as people thinking through this, okay, I'm a married person. I know God's plan for my marriage. I want to not, I want not to walk in mm-hmm. the counsel of the wicked. Mm-hmm. Who is giving me advice yeah. on my marriage when I'm struggling as a husband or when you're struggling as a wife, who is that friend that is saying, here's God's counsel for you. Right. Here's the Holy, here's what, what the Holy Spirit, you know, has revealed in his, in God's word. Right. Here's how your behavior should reflect right. trusting that. I think that's an offensive thing, but it's also a really good thing. Right. And uh, I, I just, think I, it's wise. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's wisdom and it is hard, you know, to draw. It's hard in any, I think, culture and society, but especially the one we're in today to draw lines and to not like, how can I not be offensive when I'm drawing a line? And I, I can't help it, but the lines are drawn. Like this is where yeah. we fall. So, <clears throat> excuse me. God is, is so so He's still sovereign. He's still at work. Mm-hmm. We don't have to write people off. You know, he is, he is good in how he can use relationships to refine our beliefs and to clarify and to sharpen us. Um, He's good in that way. The the next, there's two more verses we have for Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. And Paul wrote Thessalonians, didn't he? Mm -hmm. So he's encouraging. I think this is an encouragement also, obviously, to the church, but just... I think it was generally in his letters mm-hmm. to the church, the, to this. And this is right before I think the, uh, the part of like pray continually, right. like all those sorts of things. So he's kind of closing out his letter and right. giving them this last 
bit of kind of exhortation. Yes. And so encourage one another, build each other up as you're already doing. This is a church. These are believers. These are right. brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I think that just, I think shows the character of godly friendship we should really, really be shooting at, shooting Absolutely. for. Um, and then finally, <laughs> um, finally, uh, Matthew nineteen six. So there are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore what God has joined together, what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Uh, that, that, this is at the core of everything we've said. Right is that we view this covenant and Jesus was talking about marriage there. Mm-hmm. So we view this covenant as something that God has brought together. It's not just a decision you made. Right. It's something God has brought together. Right. So let let not man separate that. Mm-hmm. Let not somebody be an adversary mm-hmm. against that. Let yeah. us be advocates for that because why? God brought it together, not you. Right. right. And so by advocating for your marriage, I'm actually advocating for God's purpose. Purpose for and God's what he's design. done. Yep. And to so, succeed in our marriage. Yeah. And God has so much more purpose that we won't be able to even vocalize here, right? Like there's so much purpose in mm. walking through hard times together t- through, you know, there's sanctification that happens in mm-hmm. our hearts and in our souls that w- wouldn't happen outside of our marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So moving on to this next section of how do we find marriage advocates? Right. Because I think that we probably are after you've been listening and we've been talking through some of this, you're able to identify maybe some people in your life, um, some mentors from when you were first, you know, married or people that know you just generally speaking. I think that there's, uh, you're probably getting a few people in your mind and what you should do with that, that we would say the first thing is just pray, pray together, talk to your spouse and say, Hey, Hmm. what do you think about getting some people in our lives that can, um, speak into us that we can try to meet with on a regular basis and have conversations and ask them to ask us like certain questions and to help us uh, just see God more in our marriage. Cause I feel like there are areas we're struggling in. Maybe you're not struggling. Maybe you're just like, we just need more people in our marriage to help us see some of the blind spots that maybe we're not seeing. And maybe, mm. you know, things are okay. And they're generally, you know, things are working out. you you feel unified in a lot of, a lot of ways. And, it's kind of a abundant. sweet a sweet season in your marriage, but I still think we can have we can identify people in our lives of who can see things that we're not seeing, who can yeah. make us more aware yeah. of each other. Well, and it's you're showing up knowing that you're human people, and you're right. gonna have hard things happen in your marriage, and you're gonna need those advisors. So it's you have to be a little bit of an adult and a little bit proactive about this, Absolutely. and you have to make a decision in your life to say this is wise. So let's get counselors around us yeah. before the storm hits. Like let's <laughs> chop firewood before it's, before the right. snow comes, right? Because we're gonna need it's it. Come, it'll inevitably come, yeah. obviously. So yeah. the whole prayer and pursuit thing is working out for us here too, because the second piece would be to pursue. Yeah, I, I want to say a quick note about prayer, and okay. the reason we start with prayer is not just because it's a pat answer from a Christian podcast. Okay, <laughs> we pray because we expressly believe, and we in our hearts we know we cannot do anything worthwhile outside of God's leading, and we need right. His help. So prayer is an act of communion with God. It's also an act of trust. Right. We go to God because God is in control and we are not. Right. And I think if we skip prayer, I think, and I do it all the time. Right. <laughs> I'm, sp- I'm preaching to myself right do. now. Yeah. yeah. We skip prayer because we don't think we need it. We yeah. skip prayer because we think we, we don't think we need prayer. We skip asking God for help because we don't think we need God's help. Right. And so this is one of those areas that you can s- sit down as a couple and say, all right, for the next two weeks, we're going to commit to every night before we eat, we're going to pray specifically for everything that's happening in our life, but specifically for 
mentors, mm-hmm. advisors, advocates. That's good. We're going to ask God to bring those people into our life. And I, and I dare you to do that, fair listener. I dare you to do that because it's amazing to see how God works when you hand this over to him and you request these things from right. him. Right. And just to clarify around uh, prayer, I was scrolling through Instagram. Yes. Uh, Jackie Hill Perry posted something recently about how prayer is something we do by faith. She said, even though we can't see God with no physical evidence before us, we believe he exists and therefore we pray through Christ as such. By faith, we believe he's listening. By faith, we believe he cares. And by faith, we believe he'll answer. Hmm. And so just, I think, try not to be so ambiguous about prayer, but to understand the attributes and the purpose and the design behind prayer is so powerful because I think we misuse it otherwise. Yeah, so, anyways, that's good. Little... If you want more on prayer, by the way, there, look a few weeks back. We had an episode, I think, called Prayer and Pursuit yeah. and Why Your Marriage Needs Both. Yeah. And so we talk about prayer more from a, I think, we talk about it more in depth, I'll say. Yeah. Um, and the next one. Yeah. And then we're pers- going into this. Uh, pursue. So prayer, pray together is the first part. Ask God to help you find uh, a couple and people that you can uh, talk to and be transparent with um, and then pursue them. Ask them to dinner. Ask them for to coffee. Take the initiative. Reach out to them. Nine times out of ten, people are going to be like, absolutely, like, let's make this happen. Um, if for some reason they are crazy busy, they might be able to recommend somebody. And, and even just ride that out. Like, don't – I guess my um, charge here would be to give it time because mm. I think so many times we quit before we even get started. Wow. And so stick with it. Give it six months at least mm. um, to meet with them on a consistent basis at least once a month, if not more. Um, and have that time set aside, have it, and don't just, you know, I think it's a disservice to just show up and not have some sort of plan because I think that when you plan for something, you can look forward to mm-hmm. it. Your heart yeah. is in it. Your mind is in it. You're thinking about it. You're, um, anticipating some things. And so to be on the same page with them, it, it feels more productive in a lot of ways, um, than just kind of showing up and you know, Hey, so how's your marriage? What's going on? And maybe having, and maybe that's the first couple meetings, right? Like, Hey, how's your marriage? How are you guys doing? What are some areas we can check in with you about? How can we be praying for you? You know, have somewhat of a a framework for your conversation, because I think that will just allow, um, for the Holy spirit to work and for, Uh it'll just create some space for God to open up your hearts, both sets of hearts and, and souls yeah. and awareness. Well, and then watch how God works in their relationship too, through mentoring you right. or through advocating for you and how you can become advocates for advocates for their marriage, Yeah, which is really cool. So, right. and there's a bit of a blurry line here between like finding mentors that are going to advocate for you and teach you and right. disciple you and people who are just advocating for you as friends. Right. So, so I think, uh, you know, we've talked about, so, we're going to talk about what a like Christian community might look like in this regard. In, in and namely, terms of being an advocate, yeah. Ter- yeah, we're just going to talk about our own small group experience. We call them gospel communities at our church, and they've become our closest friends yeah. in, in many ways. Yeah, our people. But after, b- real quick, I just want to mention this. You, your advocate um, might immediately be like a counselor or right. a pastor or somebody who's paid <laughs> to advocate for you. Yeah. Um, and that's... That's okay. First thing, that's okay. Second thing, it's worth the investment. Yeah. Third thing, it doesn't have to be forever, right? If you're in if you're in a tr- traumatic spot, right, right, where you're reeling from maybe a loss of trust or some sort of diagnosis or some sort of debt burden that is insurmountable, you've lost a job or there's something happening in life that feels like your marriage is suffering because of it. Right. Don't um don't be afraid to just 
run to your, your pastor or to find the closest Christian counselor who's going to give you Bible-based, also science-founded, you know, right. in, you know, uh, counsel, right. psychotherapy. <laughs> um, that's kind of an intimidating term, but yeah. they're going to care for you. Right. They're going to ask you questions that get you thinking. And I think they'll give you tools that will help you yeah. walk through those situations. And a lot of times, you know, you hear it's just small, it's small little like tweaks on some things mm-hmm. and they make the biggest changes. So we we're always, at, you know, encouraging uh, couples to go to counselors, go to pastors, just if you're in like if you are just bleeding and gushing, your marriage is just, you right. know, on, it's just dying really in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things happening. Get some serious outside help and be okay with that and understand mm-hmm. that it may not look like this forever, but there are seasons that we go through the, where we need yeah. that extra help outside of, of that. And then having the Christian community um, alongside that, asking you, how is counseling going? Yeah. How is meeting with this pastor going? Do you feel like you're, you guys are making progress? How can we pray for you mm-hmm. in this? How can we support you in this? Yeah, that's really, that's really good. Um, and, and as you're going through that painful time, just know this, know that the best way forward is always through it and yeah. in the covenant. Mm-hmm. All right. God is, you know, and there are, okay, we're not going to get into this, but I'll just say a blanket statement. It's always in your best. Um, I think it's, it's always God's best for you both to reconcile your marriage and fight for that marriage and fight toward um, emotional health and every avenue of relational right, health. Right. Um, that doesn't mean you just stick around and be, you know, we're getting off topic here, but it, it doesn't, it, it, there <laughs> might be some triage. Yeah. <laughs> there might be some triage. Anyway, we're not going to go any further than that. Just know that it's good to fight for your marriage. Um, Absolutely. Okay. So what, we, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say what, what's kind of maybe the, what is the function of community, right? in in terms of being an advocate. So mm. these are people that are really they're they're again they're all for your marriage you guys are brought together by the blood of christ right this is this is kind of the unifying aspect it may not be that you are all in the same season of life or you all do the same have the same careers or anything we actually have a very similar careers in our in our community group um and we do have finally an us more seasoned couple in our in our young what do you mean we have similar careers well, the guys, they're all like we're business all owners yeah. and self-employed, which is ironic. It was We can commiserate. We get together it's, it's by hard. geographic location. That's how our church does it. And so God obviously, again, brought us together. But um, having people in the church, again, that uh, they're, they're willing to help fight for your marriage. They want to protect your marriage from division and divisive people. Mm. You know, they want to have these healthy paths to reconciliation and they want to help you work through hard things. Mm. For a long time, right? Like we're really not going anywhere unless God takes us somewhere. <laughs> so let's take a moment because I'd love to just kind of paint that picture yeah. of what our, at least what our community looks like. And we found it to be incredibly, honestly, revolutionary for us. Yeah. We feel like it's very rare, although I know that it's not among Bible-believing, gospel-centered churches. This type of community is not rare. It's been rare for our marriage, I it's think. Been, it's been rare for our marriage. And honestly, those types of churches are more and more rare as we get more westernized and the yeah. church is... There's a whole commentary to be had around the Western church, blah, right. blah, blah. But so this type of community, I think, is biblical. Yeah. And I think that's why it feels so revolutionary, because yeah. there's not a lot of biblical communities, even within the church, truly biblical. So what does that look like? It looks like commitment to each other. Right. A lot of times we just fly in and out of these communities. Right. Um, you know, that one didn't work because so-and-so offended me, or it's too far to drive, or it's they meet too late, or there's not, the kids are too crazy, or there's a thousand reasons why... 
I'm not getting what I want out Sometimes of it. Sometimes you just got to do hard things, people. Well, that's in, in, in the Bible, <laughs> there was commitment to it. each other. Right. Well, commitment requires doing hard yes. things. Commitment is not something that's easy and it's not something that's always feels good. And I'll just get off the soapbox in a second. <laughs> but commitment, <laughs> it. commitment is something that requires grit. It requires mm. doing things that are not always comfortable. Yeah. Do my kids always get along with the kids there? No. But where else should we be teaching our children how to get along with other people than maybe mm. in our community, right? Yeah. And I'm not the one that's preaching this. These are people in our community group that are like, I want you to instruct my kid if I'm not there on how to apologize oh, and baby. reconcile. That's, that's that, huge. That's revolutionary. That's scary. Because otherwise, cause our natural tendency is like, don't you dare tell my kid what to do. Right. And that at least that's mine. But when I have <laughs> yeah. people that I trust and I know their beliefs and I understand where they're coming from, they're they're going to try to instruct them in the ways, in the things of God when I'm not, if I'm not there, you know? Mm. And yeah, you know what? We have to drive 20, 25 minutes to go to our small group. Mm. That's and during rush hour traffic, no less. <laughs> so it is a little inconvenient at There's times, some, but no. But God is so good to like redeem that, yes, right? We, it's is. a time where you and I get to chat a little bit. The girls are looking forward to seeing friends. Like it's just, it's all around. It's become uh, a, a good source of okay, yeah. of joy and connection. And well, you want to say something? No, no, you're right. Just go. I <laughs> mean, it's so the point that we're making is that it takes commitment because that's really what friendship is. If you want any real friendship, you yeah. can't, you have to be committed to each other. You have and to say like, time. I'm going to, I'm going to love you and yeah. I'm going to look out for you. Gonna vi- I'm going to advocate for your best right. f- for time, for a period of time. I'm yeah. not just going to do it because we're in the same room together, but I'm actually going to think outside of myself yeah. and love you as a friend, brother, sister in Christ, sacrificially. Right. A lot of gospel, a lot of communities don't have that. Right. And so and I think, you have I think to, that's a good, you have to stick it out. Honestly, I feel like if there's yeah. anything Sorry. that I've learned with anything that's hard and that I've been like, I don't know if this is the right thing. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm not a quitter and maybe that's the loyalist in me. I can be loyal to a fault. Um, but I'm just like, gosh, I just, I think I need to give this a little more time or I need to give this another year. Like I, <laughs> that's amazing. Cause a lot of people will be like, I need to give this another week. It doesn't work in a week. We're out. I know, but I'm, that's, that's what it. I'm yeah. saying. Like some of the biggest, the best friendships, the deepest, most joyful, um, experiences and relationships that have been built have come out of, uh, walking through some of the uncomfortableness of new relationships or different locations. Well, I'm pressing or, into it and saying, listen, yeah. I'm, I feel uncomfortable right now, but I'm going to say this because I feel like it's worthwhile. Yeah. And that thing that I want to say is going to make you feel uncomfortable, but let's talk through it. Let's yes. not leave and storm out. Let's not right. quit. Let's walk through it. Yeah. Let's figure That's this really out together. And I think that, you know, I wouldn't say our, our small group started out on a high, right? Cause we had, we had people that needed help. They needed help in their marriage and for them to lead may have not have been the greatest thing at that point, mm-hmm. but God has used that and redeemed that. And we have, God has grown us. And do we have people that come in and out different seasons that they need triage? They need people around them. Absolutely. It happens, yeah. But I think the core of our group is really to always be honest and transparent when we are sharing. There's no drama in our group, which I was we were talking about last night. I think that leads. So everything you're saying leads to the second. I just want to be clear about yeah. these different aspects. Yes. So the first aspect of gospel community, I think, is commitment yeah. around the gospel. Right? It's not just commitment for its own sake, but it's around and trusting God's vision of things right. in his word. And it takes time for those things to happen. And- commitment, time. I think those go hand in hand, yes. but you were, you were getting, and you're starting to talk about honesty and you said, and there's no drama. And I think that comes from a place of honesty, meaning that you're honest with each other. And why don't you go ahead and talk about that a little bit? You yeah. had a, you, you, yeah, the ladies we were, gathered last we, night. Yeah. We, and we, I just was 
we were closing in prayer and I was like, God, thank you for these women that we can come together and basically bear our souls and there's no drama around it. Like, I'm never like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is going to say about what I have to deal with. And it's never like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. I mean, there might be a few like, whoa. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> you know? human, yeah. Yeah, like if somebody's dealing with something big, you're like, wow, that's a lot. Like, And, you know, trying to empathize. But it's never like, it's never this gossip fest. It's never this drama, like, blow up thing. It's always, we have really good listeners and we have really good responders mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for that because there's just wisdom that is obviously there and people we're all learning mm -hmm. and we're all being humbled by this process and we're all there to like so it, it, just the way that I guess we lock arms is different than mm. people outside of uh, believe I guess that aren't believers maybe so where does that uh, that comes from the gospel centeredness of yes. it and Gospel-centered is one of those terms that I think is probably overused nowadays. Mm. I'm still going to use it because it still is important. It means what it means, yeah. It means that the whole thing, it hinges on the fact that I need a Savior and I have one. That's yeah. the gospel. Yep. And you need a Savior and you have one. You're not perfect, but right. he is. I'm not perfect, but he is. Right. So there's no drama because I'm not trying to prove to you anything other than I'm not perfect and Christ is. Right. That's gospel-centeredness. Yeah. And I feel like that has to be at the center of anything we're talking about here, particularly in finding advocates. Yeah. There's got to be a center to it. And it has to be Jesus because otherwise, where's your center going to be? Well, what everybody would have the... different centers and we would all be dispersed. Right. Well, their <laughs> center divided. is them because they just, you right. know, right. they're self-centered. I'm self-centered. Or I'm world-centered or I'm, I'm spouse-centered. <laughs> no, it has to be Christ-centered right. and it can't be child-centered mm -hmm. or, you know, achievement-centered or anything like that. Right. So, right. so again, to recap, we have uh, commitment, mm -hmm. time, honesty, mm -hmm. I think. And I think frequency is an important one. We didn't write these down, but I do think frequency has to be a priority right. in that you can't just meet once a year and say you're in a gospel community because <laughs> you're honest once a year. I think you have to be living your lives alongside each other in right. a way that in a way that actually means living your life alongside each other. Right, right. Uh, and bearing each other's burdens, you'd mentioned this, but actually bearing with one another. Yeah. And that part's part of the commitment. And we'll end after this, but part of actually reaching out and saying, hey, I noticed you were a little off last night. What's going on with you, man? Are you okay? And this is, you know, I'm talking, reaching out to a friend. Um, guys don't, girls don't. You, you reach I out did, in other ways. Yeah, I think it's less like, what's going on? It's more like, hey, I noticed, you know, you're kind of quiet. Are things okay? Like asking good questions that aren't too like pointed, you know, mm -hmm. like it's just loving. Oh, we just get down to the point with guys like, I know you were way off last night. What's going on? <laughs> well, girls, I don't want to just assume they're off. Maybe they're just having a quieter, like low key day. <laughs> well, but Jake has asked me that. He's, yes. he's we were supposed yeah. to be quote unquote co-leading, but Jake and Jess definitely lead it, which for is sure. amazing for we us to support them. Um, but he, he'll text me and he's like, Hey man, everything good. Last night you seemed a little bit quiet or whatever. And, and usually I'll be like, no, I'm fine. And then a day later I'm like, yeah, I was really frustrated because <laughs> I'm a bad communicator, but I have to come around to that. And I think the, the, the point is, is that eventually, hopefully you do. Yes. If, if you're listening and responding to right. the gospel the right way. So, Okay, so couples conversation challenge here. Okay, so if you listen to this whole podcast, you have hopefully a vision in your mind of what an adversary is versus an advocate. And hopefully right. you've made the case for advocates. Yes. Hopefully as a married person, husband or wife listening to this, yeah. 
you know, okay, we, we either have or we need advocates yes. in, our mar- in, in our lives that will help us fight for our marriage both now and in the future. Yeah. And hopefully we've given you a vision of what an advocate looks like mm-hmm. and maybe how to go about finding, praying for, and pursuing and cultivating advoca- uh, ad- advocating relationships. Yes. Um, and so that's the kind of the recap. We've given you a vision of what maybe community could look like right. and at least what it looks like in our and lives. contrasted and, what adversaries are to be able to mm-hmm. better clarify yeah. who those advocates are. So, so what, I think what is the, the, challenge? the challenge here would just be to pray together about who those people would be, talk about that and pursue them. I think that would just be the first, yeah. the first step. Yeah. And maybe, that. you know, establish a list of, of what of the advocates, yeah. the people that are kind of within this influence the people that are the advisors mm. who are you you've explicitly given a voice to each other you're saying we're going to let this couple speak into our marriage in a way that is transformational we're not yeah. going to just give them a fake kind of license but we're actually going to say if they say that we should go to counseling that probably means we should go to counseling that's, good. that's, that's good. a different level so maybe put down two or three different couples on that list yeah. that that you would put in your advocate circle and then I would add to this, put down a few adversaries, people that you've recognized mm-hmm. in your life that are consistently coming against you and your marriage. Right. And, right. and it doesn't mean you have to exile them from your life. It might mean <laughs> that you go to them and say, hey, listen, I need you to advocate and not be an adversary. Hey, listen, if I you need have you. have that kind of relationship, my personality is not that. So what I would probably do is just create a little bit more space, uh, which may not always be the best thing. <laughs> but and if it needs to be said, just be like, hey, my husband and I are working on some things right now and we just kind of need some space to be able to process. And that's mm-hmm. that's what this kind of looks like. And, um, you know, God's doing some stuff in us. And I'd love to share that with you, you know, mm-hmm. but just... I think the consistency there is is what would need to be broken for me if if I'm going to that person consistently and they're in yeah. my life a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, so with that said, um, if you're looking for... Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to questions from you today. We are overdue, though, for a Q&A, so... Well, and we're having a baby in two weeks, so that's probably not going to happen in the next, <laughs> like, six weeks at least. Well... So maybe we'll do the Instagram thing because we do have... Yeah, that's a good one. We have all those questions on there. just means I have to, like shave my beard so I don't look like a homeless person because I haven't shaved in a month. <laughs> we've been, we're in the, we're in the thralls of writing, editing our book. And I also am in seminary. I feel like we're just like zombies or something coming out in the oh, sun my word. and just like, no, there was a day I didn't go outside from Sunday afternoon uh, till Tuesday morning that, this week. That I'm sounds not, like I'm not personal proud problem. Of that. I'm not proud of that, but I, I, I went outside Tuesday morning. And I was like, Oh, what is this bright light? <laughs> because I was working on a midterm. So that's awesome. All right, guys, um, let me pray for us. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for your wisdom in, in your word. You've revealed yourself in your word. You've given us your character and you've made it so clear and so explicit. You've shown us the way of wisdom, God. You didn't have to do that, but you did because you love us and you want to see us live as we've been created and that's in a way that obeys and glorifies you. So I pray that you would help us keep our hearts soft, help us to be wise, in the types of relationships that we're cultivating around our marriage. I pray that you'd help us to identify um, advocates and to cultivate those relationships and identify adversaries and to move away from the unhealthy parts of those relationships and help us um, really live wisely in both sides uh, of that uh, of that equation. Lord, I pray for the husband and the wife listening to this. If they're feeling hopeless, I pray that you would be their source of hope. Jesus, I pray that you would... Um, intervene in their life and give them peace that is otherworldly, give them hope that is from you, joy that is is everlasting. And I pray from that place of identity in you that you would give them um, 
wisdom in how to move forward in a healthy, productive way and getting back to a place of health in their marriage, Lord. So again, thank you so much, Lord. You are, you are exceedingly good and so gracious to us in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And once again, yeah, this is the first episode of the season three, season three. So (laughs) thank you so much listeners for tuning in. And Uh as usual, we will see you up. This this first episode of season three is... In the can. Man. Ah, as usual, we will see you in about seven days. And until next time... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.